0: Welcome to Bose Cafe.
1: <laughs> and David's going out of the game. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not going to work for an open. Uh,
0: oh, that's so fun.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, welcome to the True Face Podcast. Yes. <laughs> we are um, minus Bill still on his little six-week journey hiatus. Yes, a hiatus, and indeed, um, I'm heading to British Columbia. Uh, Day after tomorrow for a day. And I'd like to really dedicate this podcast to Brenda Pugh Mm. and Carson Mm. Pugh, Mm. who have been tremendously respected Mm. advisory board members for many years. In fact, they had it in their hearts to start True Face Canada before she began her battle with cancer about 590 days ago. Mm. Yeah.
2: And, Yeah, uh, that was less than two and a half years ago that we had that conversation. Oh, uh, and... yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: What a, what a great couple. Yes. They for sure. still are. And my uh, Carson, um, will, will miss her. She, she has a plan for Carson's life. He asked her, what would you want me to do? And part of it, she says, is enjoy that new work, that new business that you have, quadrant leadership mm-hmm. and, um, make sure you pay attention to Kuwait. And to China, uh, favorite countries of Carson's hmm. to work in. And um, pay attention to our three boys, their spouses, and the five grandchildren. And uh, and keep yourself healthy. So she left that's, them a lot of work. Yeah, she me. did. Yeah. And that's Brenda. Well, she had yeah. a vision. She, yeah. she always had a vision. She was the one that actually restarted, started Aero Leadership. Wow. Carson became president, but she, she started it after it had been... Uh, uh, started by Leighton Ford in the United States. Oh, wow. Fantastic. So, to Brenda today. To Brenda. We're in a pivotal theological passage today, and I uh, can't wait to have some words about it from you guys. It's going to be so sad. He wasn't oh, here he for missed this. it. Yeah. He, he loves this passage. He's not sad. Where is he fishing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians 4. And we'll start at 17 and go through, what, uh, 24? 24. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, again, reading out of the ESV, take you through the passage if you want to follow along. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to the hardness of their hearts. They have become callous and have given themselves up to the sensuality, greedy, to practice every kind of impurity. But this is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through the deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. Wow.
0: So there's a bundle of questions that come out of these mm-hmm. verses. Um, questions like, uh, so how were the Gentiles taught to live anyway? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're not supposed to live that way. So how were they taught to live? And when did this? Uh, when did this new self? Uh, when did we put that on? Um, sounds like there's there's a lot of work to be done here. And in verse twenty-four, so um, jump into any of these themes, any of these uh, types of questions that you see in the
1: passage. Well, it, I mean, just even your first question—it's interesting. They were the best. If you're going to do it by the strength of what your mind can do, they were the best in the worlds at that in the world at that time. The Gentiles in Athenian yeah. Corinth—they were. Uh, The Epicureans and the Stoics, they were the masters of the mind. So here, it's so interesting. He says, but it was all futile because it was not redeemed. It it was the best the mind could be without a new nature. And so even though it was astounding and brilliant and uh, uh, insightful, it was futile. And so he, he... he says, "Don't don't be like them in that way. You have much more now. Something's happened to you that um, has changed everything."
0: And what what is that that has changed everything? What what took
1: place here? Um, well, you 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 got a new self. That his whole. We're obviously in the middle of this passage. That's a pivot point, as you were saying earlier. And he says, you actually are a new creation, uh, a, not, a, not a better mind or a enhanced or a uh, more insightful mind, but new wiring that is literally the God of the universe inside of you, fused with you. Hmm.
0: That reminds me of, of the parallel passage to this. Um, there are probably several, but one that I think of is in Colossians 3. 9 to 11 where he says and and you have put on the new self and it's an heiress past tense yeah. uh, it has been put on by the one who created it not mm. not you mm. but by God in Christ Jesus who created it And so it's that past tense if we don't get that in this verse 24, we start to forget everything that he's been saying, Ephesians 1 to 3, that it is past tense that you can walk worthy worthy because
1: you are worthy. Even verse 24 says it has already point in time past been created in righteousness and holiness. So it's this phenomenon of okay there's something that was already put on for you but you have a choice to yes. believe it every single day. Yes. You you get to say do I believe that I was given a whole new identity, a new coat, a new being, or will I choose to continue to live in the futility of my mind, even though I have this new identity? Which changes everything about the the commands that
0: are coming in verse 25 yeah. and following to yeah. the end of the chapter. Changes everything about the way you approach those uh, commands that Paul, Paul lays down there. Those are qualities of the love that he talks about so much here in Ephesians 4. I think of um, verse 2 and verse 15 and verse 16. comes right back to love again. And it's only possible because, like you say, we've already been created.
2: Well, it says in, in verse 18 about those who do not know Christ. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. So that's saying... We are enlightened. We are no longer ignorant. We are cognizant. We we understand and experience, and it's due to the hardness of their heart. Yeah. And so, to me, where it says they have become callous, um, this is this is one of those key points where, if you jump into those verses twenty five through the end of the chapter, if if you do those things out of well, let me prove that I have a new. Uh, identity. Let me prove that I'm righteous. Let me, well, it's very easy to slip into the very thing that he's saying here. Do not be callous. Do do not have a hard heart. We are those who have a soft heart. So any of these things that we apply, which he is calling us to do, he's exhorting us to do, we get to do with a soft heart. And that's a, I think that's a big, easy miss. It really is. And uh, it's,
0: it's interesting that you pull that particular uh verse 18 out because he he is saying they, they're living in darkness because they're alienated from the life of God. They do not have the life of God. We have the life of God, so let's live out of that life. Don't sure. don't experience darkness. Don't live in darkness. And and we'll get to it in a couple of weeks, but in chapter five he says you're you're no longer darkness. You are actually light. He he doesn't even say there, walk in the light, mm-hmm. uh, which is a relational statement. Mm-hmm. We should walk in the light only because we already are light while they are darkness. And the, the only thing that changes all that is trusting Jesus the first time. And then, like you said, John, every day get an opportunity to say, is this who I am? Is this when I approach this trauma or this yeah. conflict or whatever? Who am I? Um, when I'm tempted, Who am I? Can I live out of the holiness and the righteousness that's already been created in me?
1: Absolutely. And as Owen Wilson says to Jackie Chan. Oh, there you go. um, The theologian's bringing them right into
0: the podcast.
1: As he says when he's in that ant pile and Jackie Chan's about to leave him, he says, you know what no one's saying here. And and, and his, I mean,
0: do you have a John Stott quote or anything? Can
1: you? Can, he was there. He oh, okay. was on the set. He just didn't say it. Um, but what a crazy statement! This we use this so much because of the power of it. He says, "Put on that new self," and then describes what that new self is that yes. has already been put on you. It's in the likeness of God, created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Yes. That that. that Key. We would say if we had to break things down to two key statements, do you believe that you are already actually righteous? Because that would be the new self that's been put on. Do you believe that you're actually holy, not mature necessarily, but that your DNA is fused with God? This verse right here is begging you to believe that that's who you are yes. and to keep every single day Choosing to believe that and put that on. That's
0: it. So enjoy being light mm-hmm. and enjoy walking in it. Bye, you guys. See you next week.